Hey there, welcome to Relatable Content, a podcast dedicated to the connection between consciousness and well-being. I am your host, Farhana Saguro. Join me in conversation with healers, seekers, and connectors exploring our multifaceted life and the interconnection within the mental, physical, and spiritual journey. You see, we all have a lot to heal from. In this podcast, we speak from lived experiences only and invite you to consciously relate. You're welcome to join the community if you too need a space. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash relatable content where you will find all the resources from our episodes and an option to support the like-minded community. Remember to like, subscribe and follow from all your listening platforms. Thank you for listening. What is it that I actually do? Who really knows? Am I a yoga teacher? Am I a healer? Am I a reminder? Am I just Dan? Really, at the end of the day, I'm just being me. Um, And that is really what I do for work. So what I do is after becoming certified as a yoga teacher, um, I've taken many meditation courses and been under the teachers that I've had for years now who have shown me the way of Reiki, who have shown me the way of living waters healing, who have also just shown me that we're our own greatest healer. So for anybody listening to the podcast, I want them to know that. One of the number one things I would say if you were my client right now and we were getting ready for a session is you may think I am your healer. But at the end of this session, you're really going to understand I'm the reminder. Mm. You're your own healer because think about it. Who knows your body best? Mm. You. So if you know your body best, how am I really going to come in and be like, hey, I know you better than anyone else. I'm just going to remind you Mm. of what ways it feels best for you to heal. I also went to college for music therapy. Um, So music therapy and art therapy are huge parts of what I do in private sessions and in the classes that I have every week. Um, We'll take about 30 minutes to do a journal prompt because journaling sometimes allows for what the soul wants to say, but the mouth isn't ready to. So even journaling is that writing therapy. So realistically, everything I do in life, the way I live my life, I try to use everything as a healing modality. Yes, I love that. And you encompass like everything. And I think a lot of healing uh, facilitators totally do the same thing. It's like everything that they can possibly do in one because it all plays such a huge role in, in the work we do. It's connected. That's exactly what it is. Because if, if we can recognize those connections that we may have left in the past, you know, like a child, you know, take a six-year-old, you know, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed six-year-old child is ready to take on everything. They tell you they want to be an astronaut right? And that they're also going to be a doctor at the same time, which is amazing. And they truly believe that that's their journey. So when they go outside to, you know, just quote unquote, what we say is playing, they're going outside, they're taking chalk 
or they're taking hula hoops and they're creating something for themselves to then calm back down into. Whether it's the hula hoop or jump rope that they used for 15 minutes or using chalk to actually draw on the floor. They were able to self-regulate. And that's something that as we've um, gotten older, or at least, you know, I'll speak on terms of myself. As I've gotten older and what I've seen in my own clients is that we start to lose that adventurous um, ideology that every adventure is just us living life and being excited because, you know, you get older and it's, you know, you go to work, you take care of your family and, you know, that's how you live your life, which is great. You can do that. But if you're a parent, are you allowing yourself to scribble all over a page at least once a week? Because you probably need it. (laughs) If you aren't doing that, then you need to get some creativity flowing through yourself. Or you're so unbalanced. Like maybe there's an unbalance there. Because I recently learned that if I'm not tapping into my creativity, then I'm definitely unbalanced. And I can tell in my moods. I can tell in my desire to work and all of that. And also my energy. And that is... What I love about Reiki, it's all about picking up or noticing your energy. Hey there, just a quick message on well-being and looking after your mental and physical health. So as you may know, this podcast is about conscious connections and how they relate to your well-being. And I found it only fit that I collaborated with a product and brand that I am a huge advocate for. Either and Relatable Content have teamed up together to bring you a discount code relatable 20 that you can use on any of the products that you shop online i use it in my coffee every morning it tastes amazing and i wanted to collaborate with a local south african brand that can give you uh, an alternative to medicine and their name is ether herbalist and apothecary they are a beautiful botanical dispensary expanding people's horizons to the medicinal benefits of plants and mushrooms found throughout South Africa and the world. You can use it for sleep, strong immunity, brain health, gut health, hormones and virility, heart health, energy and vitality, bones and joints. You can get the product in any shape or form. They have it in tinctures, powdered herbs, mushrooms and more. So my favorite product is reishi. But you can use the discount code RELATABLE20 on any of the products online. Everything will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check that out and download their free resources. Tell me more about your definition of Reiki and tell people what it's about. What a juicy question. This is so great. So years ago, so I am 23 now, um, and years, years ago, I started my spiritual journey when I was 15. Um, and I'm a huge advocate of talk therapy. (laughs) Um, I think great. Um, and I like to relate it to Reiki, um, where it's like the extrovert is talk therapy and the introvert is Reiki. You know, the extrovert actually wants to talk, but the introvert is like, I really don't want to talk. I kind of just want to lay here and take everything in. <laughs> which one are you? Which one do you thrive? Do you thrive in both? Because I feel like you like both. That's why you, you're tuned to both. Yeah, I love both. Like you, I just came back from a holiday, and 
it was very exciting to just, you know, kind of be back in the mountains. And, you know, I live in New York City. So getting out of the city, you hit the Hudson Valley first, then you hit the Catskills, then you hit the Adirondacks. And that's when I get to be with that introverted self. You know, I am your typical extrovert that I walk in the room and I had learned years ago, I take up all the energy in the room. You're, you're a space holder for sure. Like right? you can't, you know, you will get to that, but you walk into the room and eyes are on you. <laughs> and you know, what's funny, actually, even um, throughout this pandemic on Zoom specifically, I can even join a class and... <laughs> everybody, you know, I'll get not, you know, not saying everybody, but I'll get, you know, three or four people that maybe have never met me before and I'll share. And they're like, I love your energy. Like, where are you from? What do you do? Like, I want you to share again, you know, because I'm just kind of like an excited (laughs) golden retriever. I'm like, Hey, what are we doing? You know, what's the next thing? So in that sense of energy, I adore the duality of life. Mm. Reiki has shown that to me in so many ways. I don't only work with women. Mm. I work with men and all of us in between. Because I started realizing that Reiki energy was a healer of all. So there's a long lineage. um, Also just touching upon the ideology It's a Japanese ancient technique. It's a beautiful technique that's been passed down and passed down and passed down. The specific lineage that I have is Usi Reiki and William Lee Rand is kind of at the top who made this new manual for Dr. Usui, um, who, you know, has passed on many moons ago. Yeah. And so, so that- so Usui, it was a Japanese man, right? That ran to the yes. top of the hill or something. Yes, I've, yes, that's him. Right, because I've taken um, a course on, on Reiki online, just a little, you know, Udemy plug for them. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> when I went and did this course, um, they paid tribute to him and his story at the beginning. And I was like, yes, this is how you respect the stories and where they come from. That's why I wanted to like jump into this now. Um, being a young white female in New York City, um, you know, the way I live my life now is the same way I lived my life when I was 15. And I started my spiritual journey, although there have been changes, but I still honor my practices the same way. And people really put me down. Um, You know, so I was 15 in what, 2012. So people really put me down back then because they didn't understand like, who cares who made this up? Okay, first off, it's not made up. Two, who cares? Everyone should care. These are teachers that put things in place for us to take on in today, in this 2020 realm. So it's actually um, been very hard for me this year. One of my biggest, um, it's almost like a boundaries um, that I need to have with people to let them know if you're coming to my class, I want you to know these stories. I want you to know that we're paying homage and 
honoring our teachers, masters, and all the lineages that have came before, it's important to know. Um, you know, and again, I'm only speaking off of me, but as, you know, just your young white chick growing up in New York City, I'm not an immigrant, so we don't really have any, we don't honor our lineage. You know, the most that my family does to honor its fucking lineage um, is that we eat pasta on Sundays. You know what I mean? <laughs> what and, then, about? <laughs> and then I find out that everybody else in the world can have Chinese food on Sundays. What do you mean your mom lets you choose? I was like, I can't believe this. So that's just a small thing though that I don't honor. You know, I'm Italian and I'm Greek, but my family, we just don't do that. Mm. And a lot of people in America, even friends of mine that I know are immigrants, you know, once they come here, it's all, okay, well, we want to be more American. We want to be more American. We want to, we want to let that go to the side, let it go to the side. And because of that, I find that a lot of people now, they just want the healing. They don't want to recognize it came from someone. Oh, interesting However, to say that. So that's a new, I'm so glad that you brought it up because this whole season is about healing and like I mentioned to you, every person that I bring into the space has experience in it. And yeah, I, I, I'm also sitting with a boundary of do people um, honor the people that they learned it from? Like I so badly want to ask, uh, also a, a huge part of me wants to ask um, 60 year olds and 50 year olds who have large amounts of experience in the work to show up and, and speak about it. But a large part of it is how many of the people relate to them? Like a lot of us are young and we're doing the work and we relate to one another. So let's, let's actually be that um, inspiration to people listening now, you know, like to actually respect the boundaries that, that have been placed for you and whatever ritual you practice to, to take it from someone or honor them in everything that you do. Yeah. Sending you energy, whoever's listening. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the energy of this. So I actually love that it's, you know, something that the masculine can do, something that the feminine can do, something that everything that's in between can do. So once we begin to honor the masters and honor the teachers, the first thing that was shocking to me was, wait a minute, every time I look up a Reiki practitioner, it's a woman. But the people that were creating this were male. Interesting. So it's very, um, for me, you know, this is just my own thing. It was like, wow, so I'm no different than the boys. Mm. You know, I'm no different than being just one of the guys because back then that's exactly what it was. That's pretty much how I've lived my life is that I can be one of the guys and I can be one of the girls. And that's what I love about Reiki. Mm. The energy of Reiki touches upon everything. Whether it is a traumatic experience, whether it is, oh, I rolled my ankle while I was on a walk, or it's, you know, I'm just holding on to being guilty for something that happened a few weeks ago. The Reiki energy can really encompass all of that. 
And what I like for people to know is, you know, if you were going to come to me as a client, your energy, you have a connection with. Not to say that I don't have that connection with the energy, but I have a different connection with it. So if you've got some kind of, you know, for, you know, conversation's sake, let's say on your right shoulder, which is the masculine side, you had this big ball, maybe even like an actual knot, like we can get in our back and our neck. Um, or it might just be that I'm feeling this ball of energy. You may have been holding on to this for months, for years, for the way that maybe the masculine is holding you back. Maybe there's a masculine energy around you that's holding you back. Or maybe it's your own masculine who's ready to fully step in it, but just a little bit scared because you're not nurturing it. Mm. I can recognize that. And because it's not my piece, right? We take our hands and we, you know, bring all of our fingertips together and we allow for the hand chakras to bring up that energy into my body. And then I can breathe it out. And just as quickly as I recognized it, I can release it because I'm now that uh, conduit. I'm now that vessel for you that's holding on to that piece, but I can let it be what it wants to be, whether it wants to grow and expand or just release. And that's it. Oh, it's really beautiful. It is so nice. I feel like I was, I was just watching you do it and imagining it happening on me. So if you're <laughs> listening to this, you must just do it as well. Like <laughs> going into the fun. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and that's even what it is. You know, I started, I started getting Reiki done at 19 and I went to somebody who I had said to the woman, you know, I really feel this energy lives inside of me. And she had really kind of put me down and was like, well, you're 19. You're not ready for this. Oh. Meanwhile, then at 23 this year, I have three specific teachers who have all said to me, like, I want you to release that because you could have been doing it then. It, there's no, just like healing isn't linear, technically our age is really not linear. We just have this human form. So we're like, okay, that's one, that's two, that's three. But in actuality, there again, let's bring in that six-year-old. That six-year-old may have a better and deeper understanding of the world than the 60 year old sitting next to them. I love that. So you told you, so this was something that you had to let go in the boundaries of, you could have been a Reiki teacher already, like a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. And I, you know, it's funny because when I did my yoga teacher training, I really wasn't that excited about it. <laughs> Why did you do it? <laughs> because you know, everybody was like, oh, Dan's always teaching yoga. You know, it's, it's fun. Like you should do it full time. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think you guys are right. So I got the certification and as I was in the class and I'm looking around and I'm like, asana is not the, you know, yoga asana is the physical movement. That's not the end all be all. And since when I was 15, I'll tell you a little story. I went to my first yoga class ever 
Um, and my talk therapist, who is now a Reiki master, um, <laughs> very funny how that worked out. Wait, do you need to explain what a Reiki master is? So I am not a Reiki master. I am a Reiki practitioner. There are three levels that you go through. Um, and I'm at level two. I've had a feeling I'll most likely get the third level and become a master as well. Um, but right now I'm just enjoying these moments. Mm -hmm. So a Reiki master is somebody who has completed all three levels. A Reiki master is somebody that encompasses not just the healing lineage of Reiki, but the healing lineages of you yourself. They can sit down. Okay, yes. So, <laughs> the more you explain things, I'm all like, wait, back up. Like, let's, yes, let's. I love that. Okay, so imagine it's, you know, I sit down with you, and on one side, we've got the lineage of Reiki. Mm -hmm. But now we also have the lineage of Farhana. Mm -hmm. And we can use both of those together to heal. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest, everybody's lineage can actually heal them. Mm. It's just about if we're ready to accept that's our actual lineage. Mm. And if we're going to be ready to move into that, not say, for some people, I have friends who are in their 50s and 60s who just got their master level because mm. they truly were like, I don't know if I'm ready to just accept that this is my lineage. This is all of the ones who have came before me, wow, whether hard. it's good or bad. Yeah. I, sit yeah. With that. I feel those people like, and I'm curious to know how they've um, gone through so many years on this earth of denial, maybe to their lineage. I don't know. I, you know, it's funny because I have, okay. So the age range of my clients go anywhere from 18. Although some of my friends that have younger kids that are, you know, under the age of eight, they'll come to my classes too. I'm totally cool with people bringing their kids. So I'll heal though from the age of 18 to my oldest client is 73. Wow. And my oldest client, you know, she's a gem. And before she started working with me, you know, and this is her words, not mine. She was like, before I started working with you, I really thought the way I've lived my life for the last, you know, 70 something years was it. She goes, but now that I sit with you, I realize everything that she felt was real. But because she wasn't surrounded by people that accepted that she felt this, she denied it and she pushed it further and further and further. It's been, for me, I'm constantly learning. You know, just because I'm the Reiki practitioner doesn't mean anything because I sit down and I learn so much more from your energy, your story, journey, and body than half of my clients even really understand, yeah. you know? So you're saying um, coming to you and really you're also going to them in another way. <laughs> In a sense, it, it's a give and take. And that's what I love about Reiki because when I started getting it done so many years ago, I loved learning. Mm -hmm. And I loved understanding that this other being feels what I feel. Mm -hmm. 
even if there's no cut on my arm or there's, you know, there's no gash, there's nothing physical that's different, but I can feel, I can sense something within my body. Yes. My first ever uh, yoga class. So this was really, I, I love this because I really feel like this is the foundation that I've just grown my entire self off of. Mm-hmm. I went there to the my local YMCA. I don't know if you guys have them in South Africa. We don't have them. Um, okay. Okay. Well, well we maybe we one. do. Don't hold me against. <laughs> maybe we're not sure. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> so I went to my local YMCA. You know, I signed up for a vinyasa class, and I was all excited. And there were these women in the back of the classroom, and they were like gray-haired, and like they're. They were just super cool on their heads the entire time. I was like, I cannot do that. And these women are so much older than me. Like what's happening? I was just so in awe. I remember she was like, oh, you can go into child's pose if you need. And I literally just sat up and I was just watching those women because I was just in such amazement that their bodies could do that Mm -hmm. at such an older age. And so at the end of the class, I went over to them and I said, you know, you guys blew me away. This was my first class and wow, I can't wait to come back. And they were like, wait a minute, did you just say this was your first class like ever? And I said, yes. And then they realized how young I was and they were like, how old are you? (laughs) Um, And they basically took me under their wing. And, you know, first thing that came out of one of their mouths was, oh, don't even worry about the headstands. We got to work on meditation. Mm. And I was so confused because in the yoga class, we only did 10 minutes of meditation. Uh-huh. So I was like, why would we focus on meditation? And they were like, that's the key. Meditation is the key to my whole life. And meditation, can you explain the, yes. the correlation of meditation and Reiki? So meditation, whether, you know, if you're a new client of mine, normally what I'll tell you to do if you don't have any practice is meditate for two minutes a day. Meditation is the act of either sitting in stillness or just closing the eyes. You don't have to if it makes you uncomfortable. Um, But just seeing if you can for two minutes, close the eyes, breathe deeply, and just check in with your inner landscape. Now, the reason why this correlates with Reiki is because Reiki is the entire inner landscape. You know, it's literally everything. It's it's every landscape you have ever had. It's every um, past life landscape you've ever had. All of that craziness in there. Mm -hmm. And so meditation, when we sit down for a session. I'm saying we, as if all of you guys that are listening are my private clients. Yeah, so if we, 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 I know this is exciting. Um, I'll lead a meditation and people will always say, you know, they're like, oh, well, I, I actually, I can't really meditate. So I'm probably not going to do too good at this. Meanwhile, they lay there for 45 minutes. Yeah. I think <laughs> they have no don't idea. realize that meditating can just be closing your eyes. You don't need a there's so many constructs of meditating that I think we're all like yeah so to break it down I also well I did just leave the school full disclosure I just left um but for the last five years um I've been working with all special needs adults and children um and I absolutely that's my preferred population um they are the population that really catapulted me 
to be doing Reiki as much as I do because they're on that level all the time. So now let's take your, you know, typical autistic child who, you know, is functioning and doing his day and enjoying himself. If you tell him to sit down for two minutes and that's not in his normal schedule, he's probably not going to do that. Just like the average Joe walking on the street, if that's not in your plan for each and every day, you're going to really struggle to get there. And you're going to be like, well, you know, meditation is, is an old Indian man sitting in a cave for days at a time. And yes, you can become a sadhu and and then, you know, do all those things, but you don't have to. You can sit in your grass for, like I'm saying, it doesn't need to be more than two minutes. My, um, my brother actually a year and a half ago started meditating for the first time. And he started off with the two minutes. He's now to the point a year and a half later that he doesn't need to listen to anything. He can go into his room and lay down for, you know, 30, 40 minutes and just meditate. Why? Because that two minutes grew. That two minutes of looking at the inner landscape made him see like, oh man, if this is just two minutes, then I wonder what's going to happen in six weeks from now when you're at 10 minutes. There's so many different, um, you know, on YouTube. Like I remember when I started out in meditation, there was even such a plethora of things online that I didn't even know where to go. But if you know what you love is the elements, meaning, you know, the four element or, you know, if you consider ether, the five elements, um, you know, of the world, then go on to YouTube and type in short element meditation. I guarantee you something will come up somewhere. There's so many tools for us to use, but I think that's where people get overwhelmed and they're like, no, 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 I can't do it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you because uh, what I think people and all of us either don't know about it, we're overwhelmed by it, we think other people can solve our problems or we just don't know what it does for us. Can you take us through what Reiki can do for someone? Yes. (laughs) What does it do? This is great because another thing that I do say, if you're my private client, if we're having, um, you know, our first discovery call and we're just catching up and getting to know each other, one of the number one things I need people to know is I am not a fairy. As much as I'd like to think I am, I'm not a wizard. Um, I don't have a magic wand like the fairy godmother. So If you, this is exactly like talk therapy, right? So I said talk therapy is like the extrovert and the Reiki is almost like the introvert. Now with both of those things, if you're getting it done, you know, if you're going to your sessions once a week, that's a lot. That's great. Some people can only afford to do it once a month. But now whether it's a week or a month, we have to remember I can't hold your hand the entire time. Mm. So on those days where you don't see me, checking in with that inner landscape, even if it's just for 120 seconds, is so important just for you. Now, Reiki. 
if you're somebody, you know, and I get those people too, that are heavy into meditation that have meditated daily for 20 plus years now. And they're like, I just don't know how to get further. That's where Reiki comes in that, you know, I've sat down with some people in their forties and, um, I really feel for the, for the forties, fifties, and sixties, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, the generation that came before them, you know, gave them a lot of hoopla, you know, a lot of bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, true. So true. And probably the generation that, um, are enjoying this more because they, they haven't had the opportunity to explore it more. Well, they're exploring themselves and that's where Reiki is something that I can move around that energy. If you've got energy, you know what? We can use this as an example of myself. So I went to school for uh, vocal performance. I went to Brooklyn College. I was in the conservatory and I ended up having to get three surgeries on my sinuses and just my throat. So it ended up that my professors, you know, in front of everyone, because this is how it goes. When I came back to sing in front of everyone, they were like, oh no, mm, no. So there was only like 12 people in the graduating class, um, like to move up. And so basically I had went from second in the class to eighth. And they were like, well, you know, if you come from like a family with money, you'll be fine. Okay. Well, I don't come from a family with money, so I couldn't afford to just spend money on nothingness. Yeah. And years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, how could my throat chakra be blocked? I love to talk. <laughs> However, the fact that I had stopped singing so much, the fact that I had professors, teachers, people that I respected tell me, oh no, you can't do that. I was like, all right, I got to listen to them. So I'd check in with my inner landscape. I would ignore, you know, what I really truly felt. And I'd just go on with my life. So then I got Reiki done that first time. And that was the first thing she said to me was, oh my goodness, your throat chakra is really blocked. That was when I was 19. We're now almost five years later. Mm. My throat has been healed so much through me remembering that I love to sing, even if people, you know, meanwhile, I sing and people are constantly like, oh my God, what a beautiful voice. But I always have that other voice in the back of my head that tries to come up that's like, but you can't sing at a college anymore or a university, right? Um, and I have to let myself remember, I let that go. I let that go years ago. That voice doesn't hold me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not my face. Because a lot of times we experience trauma and because it's energy, Instead of us being like, oh, you know, I just have to energetically cleanse myself, right? We're not taught that. Mm. We just go, okay, well, I need to fill this hole in my heart with what? Normally, at least in my case as well, was drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, so, most places, this is a mainstream thing that you're right. mentioning. And I think um, I like that you mentioned that because Reiki isn't 
still um, known in the mainstream as much as alternatives such as medication and products. And since this is a podcast on healing, um, why do you think that is? Okay, so if you really go back in time, Mm -hmm. we can look at, um, you know, this is actually a great example is the witch, you know, the local town witch, right? So what happens when she tries to make a potion or she tries to use like, we'll say it's a pagan witch. So maybe she's using the earth element. She's using actual herbs, maybe to make a tea or something and it heals it. What does everyone else in the town do? Oh my goodness, she's not a doctor. This is a bunch of voodoo hoodoo. We have to kill her. That's the first thing they think is like, we got to hang her. We got we to cut her head off. It's not accepted. And it has not been accepted to have an alternative form of medicine for an unbelievable amount of generations. So now let's fast forward to 2020. Look at all of the scientific medical research that we have. People go to college for it. They become scientists, you know, they work in laboratories. And I'm not knocking that some of the scientific medicine that is out there in the world is good for people. Um, It's just that it's not all good for people. And so Reiki is something that I can't, you know, let's, I have this uh, amethyst in my hand. So I can't, right? Isn't it gorgeous? So now if I bring this out and I'm like, hey, look, this is your pill that you're going to take, or this is the tincture you're going to take, or hey, look, you're going to put it on your arm and you're going to be fine now. People are like, okay, it's tangible. I can see it. I understand. But then, you know, I come dancing through the door, right? And I'm like, hi. And basically that's what I do. I like move around my fingers and I, I'm very um, energetically available. Most human beings are not energetically available. That's why I actually said that the disabled and special needs population is my preferred population because they never turn it away. Yeah. They're completely connected to it. Mm-hmm. However, you find, you know, Joe walking down the street and he's like, oh, I've been in pain for so long. I have these crazy headaches. And it could just be that his crown has too much on top of him, right? So really when I say the crown has too much going on, it's like a lot of what I've seen is, during this pandemic, people are learning like too much and not actually integrating with it. They're just reading and reading and reading. So their crown is hurting. Yeah. Too much information, no digital welfare. Yes. It's, it's a lot. And another thing is that, um, you know, I think what's becoming popular is people literally read an Instagram post and they're like, huh, look at me. I just learned. Yeah. And, and, there could be some information in there that's good to take with you, but you have to integrate the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Most human beings don't want to integrate anything, right? They want to they use the drugs. They want to use the alcohol. They want to use the tangible substance 
Tylenol, for example, that's going to actually take it away instead of coming to me, being open, being honest. Because in actuality, if you come in and you rip yourself open, I can dive right in there. But it's very common that I get people that five sessions in, they're still do I want to open up to you? Should I keep this to myself? Because we're taught that the things that we think and the way that we live our life isn't okay when really we need to be more honest about these things. And so I feel that Reiki allows for true, honest, raw healing unlike anything else that I've seen. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so... It suits you so well because as soon as you, like you said, anyone comes into your space, you can feel that and you want to um, be around that. And who doesn't want to be around anyone? Like that just goes to show how much we're like, um, we've got to learn and we've got to absorb when it comes to energy work. Is that why you became a Reiki practitioner? So I became a Reiki practitioner. Um, Full disclosure, I um, suffer... Since 2015 was my first diagnosis, um, is with manic depression, which is closely related with bipolar disorder. I had struggled um, with anxiety and depression at 15, which was why I started going to talk therapy because I couldn't understand why no one talked about this. <laughs> I well, really- just tell me for a second talk therapy is a different form of therapy, or is it just therapy? So the reason why I like to say talk therapy is because um, when I go to therapy, yes, you just, you sit in your room, you get to talk with your therapist. Mm -hmm. She has done breathing techniques with me. Some of the breathing techniques that I teach to my clients, I will say, I'm like, I got this from my therapist when I was 15. (laughs) Um, There's EMDR therapy. There's Honestly, she's a Reiki master. So there is Reiki therapy. Um, There's all different kinds of things that you can use inside of therapy. That's why I specifically say I'm a big advocate for the talk one because it has really helped me. Yeah. However, in my sessions, what I like to do is if you know, if we're, you know, working together for three months and your thing is art, at the end, we'll do the last 30 minutes of just art therapy. Yeah, that's lovely. And yeah, I really have to give, you know, the therapy world, the mental health counseling, like a lot of love, not, you know, for the medication route, but for the fact that I really got into Reiki because when I realized what a huge kind of cleansing it could give to my body energetically, physically and mentally, mm-hmm. all three. When I recognized that, I was like, well, why wouldn't I do it where it's something that we can have a little bit of talk therapy. We can do breath work. We can meditate, do Reiki, and then do music therapy. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was really what I found that helped me heal. Um, I still do struggle with manic depression. And this is my little, um, I like to call it my little cauldron. Like I'm a witch. This is my little pot 
of healing modalities that I like to mix together and gift, not just to everyone else, but first we have to gift it to ourselves. Mm, absolutely. Because until we don't heal, heal ourselves, we cannot. Uh, what is There's the expression? No you can't heal anybody else before you sit down to actually heal yourself. Mm. You know, that's another thing. People think it's all sunshine and rainbows, but I'm sitting in a Reiki session and of course I get triggered. Yeah. You know, like that's something that people are like, oh, well, you're the Reiki practitioner. You don't get triggered. You don't get upset. You don't get, you know, in your feelings when it's like, that's totally how it can be. Yeah. Especially. That's okay. Mm. Yeah. And it's all right to, like you said, healing isn't linear. So if we go over something today, September, I don't care if we go over it again the following February. Oh, I love how you just chose like a few months in advance without even saying the number. It's just like April. <laughs> um, but seriously, I like that you say that um, because I also feel the same way. And I think that there's work there that needs to be done in terms of people not understanding, people and us understanding that it's not um, as easy as we see it even the, the expression it's not linear you said that it is a journey with your mental health um do you want to tell me more about that like how you said that, uh, firstly that you used it to support you in your mental health and you're still struggling with that and it's an ongoing journey maybe you didn't sit said struggling can you tell me about your mental health journey for sure um that is one of the best things for people to talk about is their mental health journey because we feel so alone and I, it's totally understandable. A lot of, you know, I can only talk for myself, but both of my parents were like, I don't know what the fuck anxiety is. I don't know what depression is. You know, they're like, why aren't you happy? You know, like just get happy kiddo. And I had to ask, I had to find a therapist on my own and I had to ask my parents, like, can I please go? And they were kind of like, this is weird. So even for me, my own parents, not to knock them down, they've learned so much now because of me. But in the beginning, they were just like, I don't really understand what the issue is. Yeah. It does not need to be a specific issue. It doesn't need to be, oh, well, I'm just sad about, you know, my grandpa dying. Yeah. It can be so many things. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I feel people sometimes don't understand is that your mental health journey, whether you consider it to be easy or hard, it's there. We all have the mental capacity to have mental health. Mm -hmm. So when I had first, you know, at first my um, depression was much more um, rooted in anger, mm -hmm. lots of anger. That's where the yoga asana really helped me. Working out, I used to run all the time and it just got that excess energy off me. Mm -hmm. Now in 2020, I go into my backyard, I get naked and I yell at my trees, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and get all the energy off me. Yeah. Um, so things have changed for me. But what hasn't changed for me is knowing that if I have a business, which I do, if I have a partner, which I do, if I have friends and family, which I do, 
I need to make sure that I feel my best possible self before even spending time with them. So this isn't even when it comes to, you know, getting Reiki done or being a Reiki practitioner, like without that even, just in regular everyday human being life, everyone's got a struggle. So for me, my struggle was, okay, none of my friends understand mental health. My family doesn't understand mental health, but what do they understand? Oh, drinking culture, party culture. So I really allowed myself to, um, one of the number one, uh, deities that I normally end up getting compared to is Kalima, um, the destroyer of life and death. And that's because, <laughs> um, she, that's in the Hindu culture, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and she really, you know, you guys can go on to YouTube and Google and, oh my Lord, you know, you can really read up on her. She's a very powerful deity to honor and showcase to yourself. And it's something that I like to bring up a lot with Reiki because she signifies life and death, masculine and feminine, you know, the evil and the good. And so the reason why I'm compared to her often is because she's the creator and destroyer. <laughs> and I can destroy things real quick. So where I'm from, it just so happened that, you know, cocaine became my drug of choice and it was very um, easily available to me. Um, cocaine, um, pills were around me a lot. Um, and I filled that void of oh man, you know, I'm really feeling that depression coming on. I'm really feeling that anger rising. And instead of going on the run, instead of doing yoga, oh, well, I can just hang out with all my friends and just do these drugs. Yeah. And then I don't have to leave. And no one's like, hey, Dan's so weird because she had to leave again. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. It's so relatable, I'm pretty sure, as people listen to this. I mean, if you know, I mean, how pretty sure half of the people who are in this, this moment sharing with us right now are seeing that uh, we cannot run away from it or they're like denial. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, denial is huge. And for me, it was so easy to deny, deny, deny because the people that I lived with when I went to college were easy to be like, deny, deny, deny. Mm -hmm. Then I came home, you know, back to living with my parents and it was the same thing. All of the kids, you know, kids, people, you know, mini adults. I don't think we're real adults yet. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what an adult really is, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, and so all of the people that I had grown up with were also in that mindset of, if we just keep denying it, we have this fun party lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's good. Look, we have fun. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, did you feel like that hole inside of your heart was really filled? And I find that most of the time, it's not. When you don't look inside, you know, we've got the seven chakras. We've got hand chakras. We've got feet chakras. But more over than the chakras, you've got a whole damn body. <laughs> you've got an entire body. If you were to have a child today, you would do everything in your power to protect that child. Yeah. 
So why don't we do everything in our power to protect our own body? That was, I started thinking about that and I was like, okay, well we can keep, you know, I was, I've slept with married men in the past. Mm. I've slept with, you know, when I was 18, 60 year old men. Why? Because it was easy. They wanted to waste money on me. They were cool with the drugs and alcohol. I could go out in New York city and just do my thing and ignore the fact that I was truly not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to kind of look around and be like, none of this makes really anyone truly, utterly happy. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you can't have a drink. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I have a lot of respect for people that are sober. My partner is six years sober this year and I'm super proud of him and everybody else that's sober. Kudos to you. Um, I use, you know, um, cannabis often mm-hmm. um, and other plant medicines like rape, yeah. but I really don't even um, go near any of those other things because like Kalima, the destroyer, she's quick with it. She takes in and she can, you know, everything that I've built for myself to be back on that platform where all those years ago, those cute little old on their head yogis were like, we'll take you in, we'll take you the way, you know, that I feel like I'm actually back there. And Reiki healing has really helped. Um, this is another thing that I say, we are building the yellow brick road together. Oh. It's not going to be beautiful like the Wizard of Oz. There are going to be cracks in the road. We're going to put a piece down and then we're going to take it back up. We're not going to be ready to fully leave it, but we're paving it together. And that's what I think Reiki really does is it helps me pave that road for myself and for all the others around us. Because if you decide to even check in with your inner landscape for two minutes today and say, I love you self, I love you self, I love you self. Just like the waves of the ocean, how they crash along shore and they go into all the little tiny beadlets of sand, your good energy goes into your coworkers, your housemates, your friends, your clients. So it's all connected. It's all one big ball of fun. Mm-hmm. And we're just figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. We are. And we're also figuring it out. Like and just in, in this podcast, sharing it together, we're also on a long journey towards understanding more of it. But you really did paint a beautiful picture of this um, work of the inner landscape or just tapping into your inner landscape. Do you want to? Yeah, for sure. So if you're down, I'll do like, we'll do three minutes. Not even anything too crazy. Two. Perfect. Okay. So you're just going to find yourself really comfortable wherever you're seated. Shake your booty. If you're standing up, that's cool too. Maybe you're having this nice walking meditation. And now if you can try to just close the eyes down, take a deep breath in through the nose, let it back out through the nose. And as you turn your third eye inward, you normally take care of all these other people around you. But if your third eye could look at 
this one moment, what would the inner self and that landscape truly desire? And not just desire, but also deserve. And just allowing your breathing to be really nice and comfortable. And if any thoughts come in, it's okay, we'll do the laundry later, we'll wash the dishes tonight. But just come back to whatever nurture, whatever love that your insides are calling for. And that's even already been two minutes. So whenever you're ready, taking one last deep breath, thank you, body, mind, self. And then gently fluttering the eyes open. I like to look from left to right, up and down, giving thanks to the space that I'm in. I wanna give thanks to you. You are, Farhana, you are so unbelievably needed in this world. <laughs> the work that you put out is so needed. I am so grateful that somehow, some way, we crisscrossed and your platform is beautiful. The people in this community, we're ready for this work. It might not feel like we're ready to dive in all the time, but this is that true healing. This is the way for us to understand we don't need to hide ourselves anymore. So I am so grateful for everything today. I really, I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. Hug. Feel the hug. Yes. I love it. And that's the first thing. That's, that's what I think really attracted me to you, actually, when I met you online and you did that with... Um, with me actually through the camera you're like i know you you're in relatable content and, I yes. hugging, and the vid, the sound was off and i was like oh my god i want to hug this girl i don't even know you and i've taken that now like so when people do that to me through the camera they're like oh i'm gonna hug you i literally do that as well and you come in my mind every time so oh Oh, see, sometimes I wish I was a golden retriever because then it wouldn't be so weird if I could just like nuzzle up into you right now. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's so true. And I mean that really, like every time I hug someone. Before we come to the end of this, because I had a few more questions, but I think what's important is that um, if people want to explore Reiki, that just listening to this, they've already um, explored. I can't believe two minutes went up that fast in that little uh, inner landscape experience that you took. I what do you think is most uh, misunderstood with Reiki? Oh, misunderstood is definitely that I have a, a, a wand, that, <laughs> I am, <laughs> that I am a wizard of some sort, and that, you know, if you come and get Reiki by me once, if you, come and get, if you go and get Reiki by anybody once, you are not healed. <laughs> I do Reiki on myself four out of seven days of the week. And I get Reiki done by my um, teacher, 
my Reiki master every other week um, because I just enjoy it and I see how it helps. But it's another thing, like I've got clients that have been with me for like two years now, you know, which is cool. We're coming up on two years. Um, but I also have clients that only do it once. And then they're like, I don't know why I'm still having the same problem. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you don't need to get Reiki done every week or every other week. You can do it once a month. But in that time when you're by yourself, remind yourself what it felt like to be in that inner landscape, in that really cradled place of love. And even if you're struggling in that moment to bring it in, reminding yourself, okay, well, the next time I go to see, you know, the Reiki practitioner, not just for me, because a lot of times people are always like, oh, I wanted to move that for you, but it's really moving it for you. Yes, it makes it easier for me because I can get in there quicker. <laughs> However, the difference becomes when I have clients that run in through the door and they're like, I can feel it. You know, they're just like, I let that shit go. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like, wow, I haven't seen them in a month, but they are doing the work on their own time. And then I get to see them again. And it's like, yes. And listen, you know, Reiki one is the hands-on Reiki two is distance. That's why I was like, this is my everything. Mm -hmm. Um, because distance Reiki is something that's beautiful. I have friends all over the world and, you know, especially with coronavirus, when things were, you know, up in the air and people, it wasn't so well, there were a lot of us that were just kind of sitting back, sending distance Reiki to all of these people because, that was the loving vibration that needed to be sent out. Yeah. It is a vibration, yeah. but I don't have a magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> no fairy dust, so. Um, yeah, you know, and even if I, the crystals too, crystals are a beautiful healing modality. Mm -hmm. um, one of my friend's daughters, oh my gosh, Sawyer, she's so cool. Um, she's eight. And um, when she holds crystals, <clears throat> she can literally feel the vibration. Oh, beautiful. She'll be like, oh, it's moving circular or, oh, it's moving like up and down. You can tap into those feelings. Yeah. Kids are more easy to tap into them. But even if you have one rock that you've loved your entire life or one piece of sea glass, setting an intention into that, you know, rock or sea glass just allows for your intention to travel into a different part of earth which you are, you're part of the earth. Yeah. That way you're then connected. So it's not even, you know, what's the best crystal or what's the best gemstone to get. It's what makes you, I love saying this, what makes your insides orgasm? <laughs> you know, that's really what it is. Whatever makes you burst, that's what you choose. That's what you hold on to. And that's what you put your love and intention into. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, just also the connection to the earth is one of my favorite things to reflect on because a lot of us just need to remember what, that we are a part of the whole. Uh, I just watched such a beautiful, such, such, such a beautiful um, South African documentary called My Octopus Teacher. And this man goes into the sea kelp, seaweed of of the shores of Cape Town and he meets this octopus and he films this octopus for a whole entire year. The same one. 
He builds a relationship with it. He like oh. connects with it. He watches it get attacked, grow new tentacles, and then at the end ends its life journey. And that was like the true like um, reminder that uh, even though that octopus exists so far away from me, I, I, I need to treat every insect the same way. Like what? What? How far disconnected are we from? what they give to us and so yeah oh, i love that you said that very i love that first off i love that it's on netflix i'm super excited about that yeah, <laughs> um, but then also i love that you brought that up because with that major disconnect you know I think that that's something that, you know, you'll find Reiki practitioners that are literally only animal Reiki practitioners. Wow, what does that mean? <laughs> so they specifically only work on animals um, and you can get certified to do it. It's really cool. It's really interesting. I do Reiki. I have a 13 year old uh, German Shepherd Collie dog oh. and she's awesome. She's been sleeping behind the screen the entire time. She's moved three times because, you know, we must be you know, in her way. But <laughs> when it comes to animals, we are them. One of my past lives, um, I was a dolphin and I had had that vision as a child and I just thought it was dreams. I take a bath every morning before I start my day. And people are like, oh my God, that's so weird. And it was weird until I found out that I actually was a dolphin in my past life. And I was like, huh. And the, the psychic who was sitting with me, she was like, you're acting like you didn't know that. I did. I knew it. But I didn't. You know, you know you, sometimes, and that's even sometimes with people with Reiki, they, they're like, oh, I don't know. Am I really feeling that? Am I not? You know, what's really happening? But our intuition is everything. So for me, when I see animals of all different, you know, descents all over the world, the first thing I think of is, oh my goodness, like, what were your past lives like? Have we met before? Like in Thailand, you know, um, they have all those, they have non-ethical, which is sad, but they have all those ethical anim uh, elephant sanctuaries. Yeah where you can bathe them and feed them and all that fun stuff. So I've done that before and they think we're adorable, which is so funny um, yeah. because we're just little humans and they're just this really cool elephant. So there was a baby and the baby was like really kind of crazy, like a toddler. Like he was just running around. Like he loves to headbutt <laughs> because that's what elephants do. So you don't want to get headbutted by an elephant though. And when I had the chance to feed him, he ended up dropping to the floor and rolling over for me. And I just did Reiki along his body. Oh. And he just laid and he just rolled back. It was the sweetest, most beautiful and genuine happiness I had ever seen, you know? And one of the guys who worked there, he was really funny. He like threw elephant poop at me, um, which, it's not real poop. You know, their poop is basically, it looks like grass. Yeah. Um, bananas and grass. It's, it's not like, yeah. Um, and so he, he like threw it by me and he was like, oh, you're the elephant whisperer. And I was like, 
I just think this elephant wants some Reiki, like, I, you know, and he didn't know what that was. So I just went on with the rest of my day, but connection to the earth below you, within you and around you, as in the animals, that's healing in itself. And everyone can access that no matter where they are. Oh, girl. I wish I had ended there, but there's one question I had left for you. Yes. That was really nice. Um, the question is, what's your best tip when it comes to healing? Or what is one tip that you can give to anyone? My best tip for healing, it's not a race. It's a journey. There's no ending. There's no end all, be all. I am forever healed. You could sit down with, you know, um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu today. And I guarantee you, he would say he's still working on some things. <laughs> and, you know, he's one of my favorite, uh, actually, archbishops to read up on his teachings. Um, if you guys are interested, he's a very brilliant man. And just because you're a certain age or you've been doing it for a certain amount of time doesn't mean that you're still, still that child inside that needs a little bit extra nurturing, a little bit extra care, and just maybe a little bit more attention that day. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just, any expectations, just let them subside and know that your two minutes a day are the most beautiful two minutes for you in your journey right now, then that's beautiful and you are healing. So that's it on Reiki for today. I think we only just scratched the surface on what it means to do energy healing, but I'm pretty sure if you sat through that experience of long distance Reiki healing with Dan, you will know that it really means or makes a huge difference to how we focus our energy every day. We will be having a workshop online. You can visit Relatable Content for more information coming your way. Whenever you're listening to this, don't forget to like, follow and subscribe because through every episode we can create a space for connections that allow the healing spaces to grow as well as allow all of us to heal through our experiences letting us know that we're not alone in our journey and just a little reminder that you can use the discount code relatable20 on any of ethos products and you'll find all the information mentioned in today's podcast in our show notes, visit patreon.com forward slash relatable content to support the podcast and to gain access to all the resources mentioned. Also, the Patreon members, again, thank you for supporting us monthly in creating relatable content. Thank you to Amy Meru for creating the sound of this podcast. And thank you for tagging us in your social media posts and letting us know that you're there listening to us. That's all from me. Lots of love and blessings.